Hey, hey, welcome everybody. It is seven o'clock. Sci-fi distilled. Welcome back, Mary Beth. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? It is. It is the. It is the summer solstice, right? It is the summer solstice. That means the depressing summer. part is the days start getting shorter again. Don't say that. That is the depressing part of it. So. Hi but, Sue. Uh, Hi Bill. No. Uh, anyway, today we are doing Spielberg's first real. Well, I shouldn't say his first for a real real film, but his kind of his debut that really kind of started him on the way uh, towards Jaws. Um, yes. And that is 1971's made for TV originally, but did get re-released in the theater. Yes, because um, it was that good. It was the movie of the week, yeah, on TV. Um, the movie Duel, uh, starring Dennis Weaver. And pretty much, he, that's it. The rest of the cast is so minor that... <laughs> We don't yeah. we don't even see the other main character. It's a truck. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just Dennis Weaver in a truck. <laughs> so, but before we get to that, we have news. We have news. And we have and we have uh, fun, exciting things today. Uh dual I have dual news just in time for our dual episode. Uh, a 4K release by Universal is planned for July 11. So right after Shatner, those of you who need to get that dual on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be out July 11th. Uh, moving on, it was reported yesterday that Sam Esmail's years in the making TV adaptation of the 1927 classic sci-fi film Metropolis has been canceled. This is a shame because everyone was calling this very, very smart science fiction. They expected it to do well. Uh, it would have been a big budget series on Apple TV. It is one of the highest profile casualties and the way they wrote it in this article, they wrote of growing uncertainty around Hollywood driven by labor unrest against the background of economic headwinds. That means uh, growing uncertainty given the writer's strike there. versus the economy. Yeah. That's what that means. Well, let's just call it what it is, you know, spade is spade, as they say. <clears throat> but we like to euphemisms. Oh, we love euphemisms. Speaking of smart science fiction. Uh, Netflix has offered viewers a preliminary glimpse at its upcoming science fiction series, Three Body Problem. Um, you guys may have already heard of this book. It's by, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I think it's Yu Xin. Uh, he is Chinese. He's the same guy that wrote the Wandering Earth series. Um, the Three Body, uh, the Three Body Problem is the first Asian novel ever to win a Hugo Award for Best Novel and a Nebula Award for, and oh, I'm sorry, it was nomin nominated for a Nebula Award. Um, it's already been released as a movie in China. So Netflix is working on the series. This series is being helmed by Game of Thrones co-creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, and Glass Onion director Ryan Johnson is going to be one of the producers. Among the cast is Benedict Wong, you know him from the MCU, Liam Cunningham, you know him from Game of Thrones. Rosalind Chow, we know her from Star Trek. And Jonathan Price, we know him from everything. Um, the show will debut in January of 2024 and have eight hour-long episodes. Go dig around on YouTube if you want to see the trailer. I'm really looking forward to that. They say it's, like I, like I, started, like I started, they say it's really, really smart science fiction. Cool. In more Netflix news, Netflix's production of Stranger Things Season 5 is on indefinite hold. The Duffer Brothers previously tweeted that writing doesn't start until after filming begins, which tells me they just kind of make it up on the fly. <laughs> so thus, the series will not be filming while the writers are on strike. This did not stop them, however, from announcing Terminator star Linda Hamilton had joined the cast. We last saw Linda in, or at least I last saw her in Resident Alien. She was so Alien, good in yeah. that. Uh, the inclusion of a sci-fi icon is super interesting because it suggests that they are really going for broke in season five. But it makes me nervous. Like, guys, don't just throw, like, every wild thing in and hope it's going to stick. Like, have a cohesive story. Like, no stunt casting. Just have a story. We'll, we'll see what happens when and if we ever see this thing. Come on, writers. Come yeah, on, writers. Yeah. I can't believe this is still going on, that they haven't been able to resolve it. What are we in now? Three, four weeks now? Uh, at least. It seems like it's been months, but maybe it hasn't been as long as I feel it has been. Yeah, it feels like a while. In the last piece of Netflix news, filmmaker Zack Snyder has shared a sneak peek of his upcoming sci-fi film Rebel Moon at Netflix's, and I love the name of this event, Netflix's Tadum event. 
It's T U D U M, and it's the sound that when you turn Netflix on, you know, it makes that little. Um, that's the name of the event. Uh, Rebel Moon hopes to kickstart a new sci-fi franchise and is the first of two planned uh, films. I will skip the synopsis here. It is set to premiere on Netflix on December 22. Sure, why not, Zack Snyder? You can do that. You're all done with the, you know, DC now. <laughs> the Flash is out and it's all over with. Yeah. Uh, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. It had a limited release, but it'll be released nationwide. Not tomorrow, but the day after Friday, June 23. I am looking forward to that. Uh, set in 1955, the plot follows a bunch of students and parents who head to a fictional desert town for the annual Junior Stargazer Convention. Uh, I, I love Wes Anderson. Like, I love Wes Anderson, so I will definitely be watching that. Uh, we found out that Babylon 5, The Road Home, hits digital, 4K Ultra, and Blu-ray from Warner Brothers Discovery Home Entertainment on August 15th. So that's when we can all watch Babylon 5, The Road Home. I believe, yeah, it's going to stream. Digital means streaming. And then 4K Ultra and Blu-ray means. Or at least available for streaming. At least available. You probably, have to, you probably have to buy it. Yeah. Apple TV's Silo, which I have been watching and enjoying. I am Starring Rebecca it. Ferguson. She played the mother in <clears> Doom, <throat> too. Uh, has been renewed for a second season. It is based on the book Wool. Uh, and, and it kind of brings up, like, when you start getting into, like, real life or online discussions about Silo, do you guys ever have that, like, the book readers versus the viewers only, like, fight where the viewers only like if you like there's actually reddits like subreddits that are like for the only the tv show and if you've read the book get out of our subreddit you can't comment here and no book comments will be tolerated what well, do you reddit, reddit's kind of a, a a wild west of online to begin with i mean well, that's true it's kind of yeah so um i i didn't even know it was based on a book i just kind of started watching it is there the only the only the eight episodes yeah, uh, 10. I believe there's 10. Okay, because I've only watched eight and the other two have not showed up. On no, they haven't dropped yet. So we got two more. The the finale airs June 30th. So that'll be okay. next. So maybe not this Friday, but next. I guess Friday. I'm caught up. Yeah, they're about caught up. <clears throat> they, they think season two will be sometime between April and June of 2024. Moving on. Are you a scroll? Am I a scroll? Would you know? Could I, I fool you if I were a scroll? MCU's Secret Invasion starts today on Disney Plus with fran fans already tweeting reactions to the series premiere, which is apparently shocking. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently I'm going to be shocked when I watch it later this okay. weekend. Is this is the first series of Phase <clears throat> Five? I gotta, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I kind of don't care about the phases. Phase one, Phase three, Phase five. I don't care. Just entertain me with the superheroes that's really all i want and finally tonight strange new worlds premiered rizzo do you want to tell folks about our new segment so what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about episode one so if if we're gonna put up a timer for three minutes so we're only talking about it for three minutes so if you don't haven't watched it and you don't want any spoilers because there will be spoilers then mute us or whatever. Until the timer, until the timer, <laughs> the timer will show you when we're going to be done talking about it, so you can unmute us again and listen to what we have to say. But we felt we felt it was you, just we got relevant it? to talk about it. Hey, I just wanted to re 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 uh, shout out. Hey, Chris Laroche, I'm so glad you're home. Yes, you're doing well, I, and, and and we're so happy that that you got through surgery. Okay. Yes, um, the shadow ooh, is shadow back. So. On that note, I'm going to start the timer, and we're going to start talking about Strange and what we you like. Haven't what we didn't seen like. the first episode. Mute. So if you haven't watched it, you might want to just put us on mute and just listen, watch our lips go, and not just sing. watch us talk at each other. I'll gesticulate a lot, and here I'll we go. Gesticulate. So, all right, are you ready? We're going to start the timer here. Okay. We okay, we're going. So why? Why are we? Okay, can I just start with right, why please. are we stealing the Enterprise? Again. 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 That thing is Jack. You hear, you hear for Forrest Gump, and I, they stole the Enterprise. Ugh. Again. That thing is now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, and ship. only and only in the Star Trek universe do you get away with stealing an entire ship and no consequences whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. Yeah. Anywhere else. And, and, you know, somebody who served, and I know anybody else that served, is you know you have a chain of command and you follow orders for a reason. And, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, Spock thinks he's doing the right thing, but you don't know what Starfleet, he doesn't know everything that Starfleet knows. So they may have a secret op going on and he just boogered it by taking the Enterprise. 
So that of, was one thing. Okay. They kind of so did have. A, they did kind of have not a secret op, but they have something going well, on. No, but I mean, you, my point April is, you just don't know. That's why you follow orders. That's why yes, you follow orders. Exactly. You don't, you don't exactly. Uh, there is a new opening. I liked it. It kind of reminded me of, of Lower Decks a little bit. Um, here, I'm gonna put this out for you. I don't like the Spock Chapel. I don't ship them. I don't like that. But I enjoy Ethan Peck, and I like what he's doing with it. Yeah. So I am I, I'm okay, okay with, with I'm okay with the character. Again, I always, like I said, I think I told you earlier, I have to look at this. This is Discovery Universe, which is not Prime Universe. It can't true. be. That's there's true. Too many, there's too many inconsistencies with Prime Universe and this one. So it gives them uh, some leeway to, to mess with the character. With I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm not loving it. Um, we are introduced to the new engineer, played by Carol Kane. We got our new engineer, yep. Uh, great actress, not really endeared to this character here's, yet. Here's my theory, and I'm not alone. I've seen other people say this. I think Taxi is now officially part of the Star Trek universe. <laughs> I think Maybe, she's just but the thing is with The thing is with Carol, she kind of plays the same character in whatever she does. It's always yes. the same accent, same kind of thing. So yes. here we go. I don't know how they thought. I don't know how the casting was with this. Like all of a sudden they said, "Oh, Carol Kane's she's our engineer." I wonder if there's, they're going to change engineers every season. If this is like a thing, like that's going to be their little thing. Because every season we, we get, get a get new Scotty. chief engineer. Because Scotty was already there. We're going to get there eventually, but you know, not necessarily. Scotty was on. He's on that. But he's thirty not seconds. Uh, the Klingons look better. The D seven looked better. We got Baby Drummer back again. We only got Handsome Mount for two seconds, but eh, maybe right. we'll get more in him so, next week. So in conclusion, I'm going to say, hopefully optimistic. Really haven't seen anything. It's a little silly right out of the gate, but I guess that's where they're going with this. We'll see what crazy. happens. Yeah, five crazy. seconds. Last word. Uh, okay, they got it started. Let's see. Yeah, let's see where they go from here. All right. Boom. Pretty good. We huh? did it. So, we need to where? have the banner going underneath. <laughs> Oh, I forgot the the spoiler alert. That's our that's our strange new review. So, oh, if, you guys look, like, guys. if you guys like that segment, we'll continue it each week. Yes, uh, if you want us to do and that each week, we will. If you want it just to be two minutes, I guess we could try, but it'll just be us talking over each other. <laughs> well, I, think, I think they went well. Actually. Three minutes is good. I think three minutes is the perfect went. amount of time. Because here's the thing, guys. This is why I propo I proposed it, and here's why. I watched the episode, and I knew immediately that Rizzo would have thoughts. I'm like, oh, wait, a Rizzo watches this. <laughs> I just knew it. I did have thoughts. He had a lot of thoughts. I wasn't. I wasn't like upset. I was a little groany. Okay. You know, I was yeah, like, yeah, eh, a little groany. But okay, our eh, three minutes are up. We're not supposed to. Anyway, we will be doing that for Strange New Worlds. Uh, and again, you can mute it for those three minutes. All right. What's okay. our drink tonight? So we have. What are we drinking? Oh, we're drinking diesel. diesel, and it's just colon beer. I don't know what it tastes like. Oh. Doesn't sound like it'd be good, but it seemed to fit. So I went with I went with the name over the quality. Strange yeah, new thing. thoughts, Bill. I love that. Strange new thoughts. I was calling it strange new review, but strange new strange thoughts. new thoughts is that's good. I like that. Thank you, Bill. I like we that. Might, yeah. We might adopt that. We may. So anyway, there's a drink. You pretty much don't need it. It's three and a half ounces of cola and five ounces of beer. Make it better. <laughs> You're supposed to do it in the right order, though. You need to do cola and then beer on top. I guess it will layer. Um, I guess the you idea know? is that it looks like diesel fuel when you mix it. But diesel doesn't have a little oily, like slick to it. Well, it the, it's, well, it is a petroleum product, so I mean, it kind of looks. We need clear. a beverage. It really looks like gasoline, honestly, unless they put dye in it. Yeah, maybe so, they'll put dye in the off-road because the same stuff you put in your house to heat your house. Those of us in the Rust Belt, fuel oil and diesel is the exact same thing. <coughs> You can put you can put the stuff you put in your house in your car. It'll run in your diesel engine anyway. Yes, yes. Anyway, it just right, they put a dye in it for tax reasons, so that they can tell the difference between the stuff you put you paid tax on and the stuff you didn't. So yes. Anyway, moving Duel. on. What a Duel. good movie this was for a twenty-two year old. How old was he? Oh, Spielberg. Oh, I don't even know how old he was. He Pretty was young. Right in, He's definitely in his twenties. He was what just a good job. Well, this is so you he had talent right out of the gate. And I wouldn't even say talent. The man is just gifted. And I look at somebody making a film as the same kind, not the same kind of, but it's it's on par with somebody who can play a violin beautifully. That you can put together a film. It's a skill, it's an art, it's a it's a it's a gift. Yes, because you know what? He clearly has this gift. 
Yes. And, and he knew enough. He knows what to take from the masters before him, like Hitchcock and things. He knew the yes. right things to do. And, and, and he did this and, you know, this was, this was supposed to be a cheap movie of the week, yep. you know, just knock it out in what, nine days or something, yep. get it on the air. It was never meant to. And I say, had Spielberg not directed this, it would have fallen into obscurity and nobody would be talking about it after the week that it aired. Yes. It would have been that, but because it was him and in typical Spielberg fashion studios, like just shoot it with a rear projection yeah, yeah. On the car. No, we're going to do it in the car live in the, in the, in the yes. Yeah. He insisted on doing it on location. Which is exactly what he did he with did. Jaws. This is the exact yes. same thing. We see so many parallels with this film and Jaws, and we're going to go talk about a lot of them um, because it is a very similar movie in, in a lot of ways. You know, you kind of have this big thing chasing Spielberg other called people. It, it's spiritual successor or spiritual sequel. I think successor yeah. was the word. It's ironic used. because, you know, they, it wasn't like Spielberg wrote both of them. They were written by two different people. That's the yes. story. You Matheson know, wrote, wrote Duel and Jaws was, yeah. um, correct. Yeah. Who was Jaws? Peter Benchley. Benchley. So, um, you know, so it wasn't like, oh, they just copied each other, but he brought the same kind of, clearly he, he was, Harkening back to this movie when he did yes. Jaws, there's no question yes. about it in my mind yes. that he was pulling things and probably said, "Hey, you know what? I couldn't do this in Duel, but I can do it in Jaws." Yeah, I can do it in Jaws. <laughs> well, he, let's talk about dig into some of the super clever things he did because he just the camera work, the editing, um, the way he set shots up. I mean, he just did some really genius stuff. Camera work. Um, he did make that old truck, that 1955 Peterbilt. Uh, look like it was bearing racing and bearing down. And in fact, that truck never went over 30 miles an hour yeah. at any point during filming. Its driver, Rizzo, is its driver this evening. <laughs> Carrie yeah, Lofton. Lofton was a stunt driver. Stunt driver, and, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, yeah, when, when when he went to Spielberg, he says, you know, what's what's this guy's motivation? What am I, you know, what am I? And it, it, it's kind of funny that a stunt driver would be like, you think just drive, do this and this and no, so, he was and, and, and Steven Spielberg told him, you're a dirty, rotten, no good son of a bitch. And the guy said, you you hired the right guy. Kid, you got the right guy. Yes. <laughs> got the right guy. He, yes. And he did an amazing oh. job. Uh, Spielberg had really high praise for Carrie, uh, said he was one of the safest drivers he'd ever done. And Dennis Weaver, they had so much trust in his ability that Dennis Weaver did. Well, he did his own driving stunts, but he did that phone booth stunt. Uh, himself jumping out of the way at the right time. It looks, of course, the way with camera and perspective, it looked a lot more dangerous than it was. And Carrie did have a way, like a uh, past the point of no return, like abort mission. He yeah. had a way to bail and turn if he had to, like he could just turn to the side if he had to. Um, but yeah, they had, they had so much faith in him that Dennis Weaver was like, yeah, no, no, I'll get in the phone booth. I'll do it. And he did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we were digging into how Spielberg, the smart thing Spielberg, yes. So he would shoot this thing. Uh, Carrie Lofton had invented a camera car. Carrie had, I believe. Or they had invented it um, for Bullet because Carrie drove on yeah, Bullet. Yeah, it was the same, right. It was the same technique they used in Bullet. Yes. To make so it was a look, camera it car and they put the camera down low. Yeah, it gives you that sense of speed when they're and really it, not Because you see stuff whipping by. And so yeah. it feels really, really fast when in fact it isn't. Um, the other super clever thing, because he shot this thing in like 12 days, the studio had told him, no, don't shoot it on location. But he said, we're doing it. He shot it in 12 days. And what he would do is he would set up like five cameras, uh, like over a mile and they race. And then the camera would pick the cameras up, cross the street, turn around and set the cameras looking back. Those guys would turn around and they'd come racing that way. Very but Star Trek like. Yeah. They would do the hallway thing. <laughs> yeah. They, they just do the hallway thing. And so apparently at that part of the world, which is it, they were supposed to have been in the Mojave Desert, but they actually filmed it kind of Northwest of Los Angeles within the stretch of a mile, it can look different. And the scenery is so different from one side of the road to another that you can just cross the street and it looks right. like you're on a completely different section of the highway. So that was really smart. I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it holds up to granted. This movie is oh, like what, almost 50 years old, right? 50, over, it's over 50 1971. It's like over 50 years old. So, and I think it still holds up. You guys can agree or disagree with me, but I think it still holds up. I mean, if you, the if, you if you just modernize the car and the truck, you think, well, he would have a cell phone. Well, he'd be on the desert or probably no service. So the cell phone is. So the cell phone's out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's got that kind of thing. And, 
so you know, and I think out there, and I don't live out there, so I don't know, but I think there's still those little the restaurant that he stopped, the cafe it's is still there. still there, and it was like really a cafe. The tunnel where the there. school bus yeah, is that, still and there. That, yeah, and the school bus scene was added. The school bus was added. When yep. it was made for TV, it was under it was 90 like 74 minutes. minutes or something. Yeah, it was only yeah. 74 minutes. So I think when they, they decided because of the popular, and I think as after Jaws, maybe they decided to re-release it in the you theater. You know, I don't know when this thing got released in the theater. I, I want to really say it was, it was definitely out. It was out a while. It had been on TV a bunch yeah. of times. They re they wanted to release it into the theater because they thought Spielberg now had a name. Um, and the, But they had to make it at least 90 minutes. So they added the scene, the beginning scene where you see the starts in the dark and he's in the garage and and it pulls and, out and driving through through the neighborhood. That was all added. The school bus scene was added. The the um, phone and call the phone ring. when he's on the call his wife. He stops and calls his wife, and he has a comment. That was added to make to flesh it out to the ninety minutes. Yeah, um, which didn't add anything to the film. The school bus thing was kind of good. I mean, it was kind of I good think because that might have been a scene the that bus. they shot but cut originally and then they just added know. it back in yeah anyway the well, thing psychologically, is the school bus was genius because he helps the bus and so it causes the dennis weaver character to second guess himself yeah oh maybe he's okay all right maybe you imagine right and it makes and it makes dennis weaver look crazy to the, all these other people that he runs into now and clearly the old crazy. woman at the snake farm there snake show the gas yeah. station the little guest take a look at my clearly snake. she saw that the guy was crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, did they kill snake. real animals? I, I have wondered about that snake scene. Did they actually kill real animals? Because there's one shot where the truck barrels through one of the cages, and in the next cage over is the iguana, and the iguana backs up and moves like physically moves because this truck is going past it. I don't know. That's and I now didn't, I'm scared. I didn't come across that. I think even by then Hollywood had rules. I would hope they yeah, did. Because like way back in the day, like the other thing I was like, really, really they used to do like Ben Hur, stuff like that. They would literally cripple horses and stuff. Oh God, yeah, they did death. horrible things to the animals. So they, back they, I'm yeah. pretty sure by by the 70s uh, that had been. I would sincerely uh, hope so. Yeah. I was the other thing I was super curious about since they're filming on location. That train that had to have been a real train on a real. Yeah, I wonder if that was like. So did they just wait for it to pass once a day? Like thing get that, that didn't shot come up like, in the research, but you're right. It's a good point. How I didn't did they get the train shots? The train must have been. It must have been just fortuitous. Or they knew the schedule. That, that the train. train pops up. I wonder if the schedule, I wonder if they knew that that train came through their regular regular time. And they were just and they, and they were just the they train, were just driver. Or I think they were opportunists. That'd be my guess. That'd be a good question. I don't know. I didn't find if anybody. Are you not slamming that, on train brakes and going? What the hell are you people doing? Like, yeah. Like. I've always wondered that. I wish I, I found nothing about that in my research, and I've been very curious. Yeah, because there's two scenes. There's the train where he's waiting at the train tracks, and they're pushing. Yeah, there's, they're a, gonna there's push a scene him. where he gets pushed. Yeah, he gets pushed. But then there's a scene where he's sleeping. Right, and the train goes by. And then there's like just one other scene where. And then one of the scenes that's what I was going to talk about. I think I was talking about earlier. And that scene when they're parallel and the train's running along the road, they're driving along the side of the road. I thought for sure that there was going to be a scene where. Dennis Weaver jumps across the tracks yeah. at the last, you know, at a crossing, and the train goes by and basically either blocks the truck or the truck slams into it, and that's the end. That's how he that's how he takes it. Yeah. Um, but I think the ending is actually really works well because I know we had discussed that a lot of people think the truck should have exploded. Yes, yes. That flame wall over. Maybe that's was the whole point that it didn't explode. It was kind of like meh. But I really like the way he did the ending. You see the little fan running. And the you blood. Know, the little electric fan, and then you just see the blood drip down off the steering wheel, and you know he's dead. It and was a fitting end ending. It. it was a fitting ending. Spielberg wanted kind of a long, drawn-out death, so he, it worked. It worked. Yeah, yeah. But, I but, mean, he could have exploded maybe after that, you know. And he was, maybe, was I guess. So many people, because Hollywood has taught us this. Hollywood has conditioned us now as viewers. We saw that word flammable. And all the flammable markings on the side of that tank so many times throughout the course of the movie that, of course, we knew that thing was going to blow up at the end. And we but are not alone. Even the really, there's no way at the speed that the, but the, with the speeds the truck was allegedly going, there's no way he was full. That's the other thing. Yeah, no, he it's was. Like he, was he had to be empty. He had to, he be had empty. to have been empty. <laughs> Which brings me to another point that I discussed with you. And you guys can, can decide if you agree or disagree with me. 
Was the truck and driver supernatural in nature, or was he just crazy? Because the stuff that the truck allegedly was doing, now we all know he was really only doing 30 miles an hour, but the speeds that he was running, yeah, they were going up. downhill. We know a truck, well, even the little Valiant, of the hour, year, right? that little Plymouth Valiant of 1971 probably didn't handle very well either, but it had to outhandle a truck hauling a trailer through those twisty roads, I would think. So he should have been easily able to get away. Now, from there, there was a line that said he has a souped up engine. So, I mean, he, you know, he must have a souped up engine, which even a diesel engine that's really overbuilt would still, I think a car would. And the Plymouth was a V8, right? At, the original one was a V8. When they did the reshoots, they used a, a 72. And I think it had the inline six. There's a car guys get all into this. You could tell because there's a, there's a, a V8 logo on the car in the movie and some of the scenes. Oh, so, um, I didn't notice that. V8 should have easily out outran the truck without even flinching. Yeah, so. I mean, the truck... Yeah, that is a great question. It, was it just a serial killer? Or was, was the truck and the driver sort of some kind of combined... So the other evil, thing that... Evil entity. A little thing that Spielberg was hinting at if you notice on the truck, it had multiple license plates from different Yes, states. across the front, yes. The, the idea was that this guy, that's what he did. He went he state to state and just murdered people and ran them off the road. And those were his other kills, yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah. The thing about, whether it's supernatural or not, the thing about this movie that makes it still work today is because we've all been there. We, we've all experienced kind of like road rage or just well, at least annoyance. And another well, driver. Thing. I mean, in 71, this was probably like, oh, my God, this is so far. You're not far. We were talking about that. So, and then, But today, it's like you could totally see this happening. <laughs> okay. There's a line in the movie where he's like, she's pushing me to 80 miles, 80, 70, 80 or 90 miles an hour. I, can't I have to concentrate. Yeah. He's like, I have to concentrate. And, and Rizzo, you reminded me because I'm like, crap, I drive that all the time. I, <laughs> I mean, perhaps with not enough a car that's 40 years newer than that one. And Rizzo, you you, you remind <laughs> me, like, back then, like, there was so much plate. Like, they had to work at it. Yeah, if you're cars, up to cars speed, handled terrible back then. Yeah. People handled, like, that rack and pinion steering or whatever well, the heck what, it was. What, what, no, then? they weren't rack and pinion. They were regular <laughs> Saginaw-type boxes. Rack and I don't know what it was. Handling. Yeah, there's plate. But the tires, you know, they were probably biased plate tires. The suspension was so much softer. Yeah. Uh, Americans like their soft, cushy suspensions. Um, so yeah, they just handled like poop. And but part of me was like, we used to go, like, I guess we went. Yeah, but around those corners and on those, you yeah. wouldn't have gone that fast. And yeah. and you're right, it probably was hard to maintain because the cars because the car probably <laughs> just yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could get in my truck and probably handle my you know, my three-quarter ton pickup truck probably handled better than that valiant did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I still say it should have outrun that truck. No, no sweat. Because it wasn't still, especially the V8. But it works. And the other cool thing about the movie is the way he set up some of the shots. I have to praise the shot of the, a couple of shots, the, the, the truck come around to see him at the end of the tunnel. What a great shot that was. That was the one shot where you almost heard the jaws. Dun, dun. Like yeah. you could, you could feel well, it. Well, that's the thing. And, and I think you had mentioned it when we talked earlier that they do such a good job of maintaining the tension <laughs> level in this film for the whole 90 minutes. They really do. It really, you know, once it starts and it does progress slowly at first, he passes them, then he passes, then he passes them back thinking, okay. And it's we've all been there. You pass somebody and then the guy comes and passes you. Right. And, and kind of thing. And then, and then there's the scene in the diner. Yes. Where I we know probably one of those guys is the guy. Maybe. I don't think we it don't was. Know for sure. He, made that, he never had, because remember, he went into the restroom, cleaned himself up, came back out. He didn't know if they, and then he saw the truck outside. So but then the truck the just guy, leaves, and no, no, the guys leave. I don't think. Well, that was after he, um, yeah. So maybe it wasn't any of them. You're right. Maybe I don't think nobody. it was any of them. Of course, he thought it was, and but know, he thought he was that. I gotta take. I gotta single out that cafe scene is for praise. You mentioned before that, that that he was almost Hitchcockian. He did a couple things that Hitchcock did. The shot of him going in, rinsing off his face, and coming back out is one long shot. He actually had a couple long shots in this movie that are done so well. You don't, you kind of forget. You don't even notice that they're one long shot. It was amazing. He did such a good job. And then all the shots of the truckers lined up on the stools, looking at him, and they were like looking like kind of between like. A guy would go like this and looking between two other right. guys. They're like, is he the guy? Looking, other, and then he looked. 
Yeah, is brilliant, he the guy? Is very hitchcocky and brilliant. Like that whole little cafe section is like a little mini movie, right? Unto itself in the right. middle. Right. Of, and it just builds the tension even more. Of course, yeah. my first thing is who's gonna he's gotta pay for the fence. Yeah, I thought of that too. Like you just smash this guy's fence. And <laughs> you just blew this guy's fence apart and you didn't even say I'll I'll pay for it or whatever. <laughs> just got back in his car, drove away. <laughs> Although I will say that's one thing Spielberg does do good, and you don't know this is something you never really see in movies of that era is as the car gets more damaged, the, the damage stays. Like a lot of times you'll see cars smash into a fence and then you yeah. know you'll see the damage happen when it hits the fence, but then, then the next scene the damage is gone because it's Admittedly, a different car. They're, they're or they shot it earlier, you know. He did try to do that in as many places as he could. However, there are just a couple continuity errors. Yeah, it's not perfect, but for the most part you don't notice it. Um yeah. You know, the I like the scene where he finally, I was going to say, finally lost the wheel cover. Because if anybody drove knows that you drove cars of that era, wheel covers would just come off randomly for no particular reason. Let alone That's being swung around a corner. at like a pothole and it would go bouncing off. Everything would be like, I remember just driving down the road and watching one of my dad, my wheel covers just fly. I've done that too. I had a pothole and my wheel cover just pew. Yeah. At least you had some instant that made it come off. I've had them just come off randomly for no reason. Cars, thank God, cars are evolving. Yeah, so we don't need well, because everybody has everybody has alloy rims now. Nobody, I mean, how many cars actually have wheel covers anymore? Yeah, that's those true. were very classic Plymouth. Those ones they on that car, those were classic Plymouth wheel covers. Those little cones. Was, remember that car? I remember people that had that car. Oh, it was my Chevy, my Chevy celebrity, yeah. so I didn't care. Um. <laughs> What else the station wagon. I will say the station wagon. Remember when he's he, he does the he breaks in the middle of the road and he's like literally sitting in the middle of the road looking at the truck, and then the, oh, station, yeah, the wagon, station wagon. The station wagon comes yeah. flying along and almost yeah. almost creams him. I, I my dad we almost that was, had to be at least a seventy one, but I had a seventy three version of that same exact. Everyone had that. We called it a beach wagon. We didn't. It was the it was a Chevy Caprice. We called it a beach wagon. Yeah, the Chevy Caprice wood. And did it have the fold up seat in the back or no? No, that was I think that was a Ford or a Plymouth thing, but I don't think Chevy had that. But they had the fake. They had the fake wood on the side. And the fake had that. And then we had you remember it was like the clamshell rear. Door, let the door went down and oh, the window went yeah, up. That's right. Electric, remember, it was a big deal because it was an electric window. Yes, that was yes. the only electric. Everything else on that car was cranked, but that back window went up electric into the top, and the and the body was like a clamshell kind of a thing. Did that so that when you opened it up, there was nothing, no door, no nothing, no tailgate. It was open. Yeah, space. those cars were amazing. You could fit a four by eight sheet of plywood in the back of that station wagon if you fold the back seat down. Yeah, like no problem. It was like a pickup truck. It was essentially a pickup truck with the top on it. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it absolutely. was a big four hundred cubic inch engine. The thing was, it was a tank. So they don't <laughs> they don't build them like they used to. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's funny. So something else that he did really great. Uh, this is a rare Steven Spielberg movie without John Williams, but it did not have John Williams. It had a guy named uh, I can tell you the guy's name. Yeah. There's only a handful of movies that Spielberg did without Williams. Uh, composer Billy Goldenberg. Billy. I have to say, I enjoyed Billy's choice. Billy or Bob? Billy. I enjoyed his choices. It wasn't music and it wasn't soundtrack. It was just sounds and sound effects and like sting. You know what sting is? It's that little tag music just that goes, bah, just to kind of scare yeah. you sort of thing. It was that. And of course, that classic, uh, I call it a metal groan. You said it was actually a dinosaur. It was a dinosaur sound from a movie in the 50s, I think, that he used. That and he it's used the same it. sound he used for Jaws when Jaws. And he used Jaws. it in Jaws. He just, uh, you just tweak the, 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 you yeah. know, the, the yeah. speed and the, you know, all the EQ but, of it, but it was the same sound effect. It works in this movie. Like, this movie should not work. It's Dennis Weaver carrying the thing alone. There's very little dialogue. There's so little dialogue that they actually made the choice to have a monologue, to have Dennis. Well, at one point, they were going to have the wife in the car with him. So that yeah, they were going to have somebody to talk they didn't do that. to. And then they decide, yeah, that would have been bad. That would have yeah, made it That would have been bad. Um, it's just, yeah, a car and a truck. Very little dialogue. No real music to speak of. No... The plot is so simple. This should not work, but it's kind of genius. It works because of Spielberg. 
it works. What I'm saying is what I said at the beginning. If Spielberg hadn't hadn't directed this, we all would have forgot about it because it wouldn't have been this good. Yeah, probably. But you know, and and he wanted Dennis Weaver from the get go. Dennis Weaver yes, didn't yes, sign did. on until the day before shooting, and they yeah. had to. They remember he was doing McLeod, which is yes, and they like called him or something. He was like a police officer. They, they held. Yeah, they actually paused. Yeah, it was Universal. Was, and this was a Universal yeah. movie. So yeah, kind of, so, yeah, I mean, it was all. And actually, they were thinking that some of the other people they were thinking of Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that wouldn't work. I could see Dustin Hoffman working. I could see that working. Picture it. I could see it. Thinking the whole. If you've ever seen. Here's why I think it would work. If you've ever seen The Marathon Man, we might have to do that movie. Maybe we'll have to do that one. Yeah. Because that, if you see Dustin Hoffman in The Marathon Man, you'd say, yeah, he could pull, he could have pulled this movie off. Interesting. Um, I, I was watching a, a yeah, I'm, I'm glad he went with Dennis because I think Dennis was. No, was I like, and I've always liked Dennis Weaver. I thought, I even liked, I used to watch And the he liked Dennis in Touch like of Evil. That's why. Yeah, well, that's why. Yeah, right. But I was watching an <laughs> interview. Bill, with... Bill's seen it. Bill's seen Marathon Man. <laughs> okay. Um, I was watching an interview with with uh, Steven Spielberg about this movie, and he was saying that you know he'd been cutting his teeth in Hollywood. Of course, like every other young kid, he went to Hollywood thinking he's gonna be a big movie producer, movie maker. Um, but you don't. You have to cut your teeth somewhere. And so they gave him a couple episodic television, like you know, a little TV. And he some of them, he goes some of them went really really well. Some of them went horribly, but. Then they finally, you know, but I kept going and I kept doing it and they finally gave me this. And he said, I, at first I didn't want to do TV. Like I kind of thought it was blowing me. I really wanted to be, make movies, but he said, no, in retrospect, what an amazing way to learn. And I grew to have a tremendous appreciation for television and what the, its storytelling capabilities. So yeah, thank God he got to do this because then from, from here after this, it was pretty much, yeah. We don't see the movie of the week anymore, but I guess in some ways we really do because the streaming services come out with their own films that they produced for their own services. So I guess that is the modern version of the movie of the week. Yeah. Yeah. um, A lot of times the movie of the week was just a movie that was in the theaters. That's now, that's how I saw all the James Bond movies. Oh, really? I think the first one I saw in the theater was Moonraker. Oh, interesting. All the other ones I've seen were on the Sunday night movie of the week or the Monday night movie of the week or whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um, Cause I, every time they'd advertise James Bond, I'm like, Oh, I'm there. Oh, one I haven't seen, which means oh, I yeah. saw them all out of order. Oh, so that, yeah. <laughs> yeah Not that it really matters for James Bond. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The one didn't build on the next one. So it didn't matter. But anyway, the yeah. Other, so the, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say the other interview that I thought was really interesting that I watched was Matheson, the guy who wrote this. Um, he had a really interesting this. He got the idea for this story the day Kennedy got shot because I guess him and some friends were like on the golf course or something, and somehow it came over the radio or they heard that Kennedy had been shot, and they were like, "Oh, screw this, we're going to leave, and we're all going to go home and watch this on TV." And they were heading home, and sure enough, a truck was tailgating them exactly as depicted in the movie. They sped up, it sped up, they sped up, it sped up. They started getting scared. They finally like veered off the road, and it flew on by. And so they kind of composed themselves, got themselves together and went home and everyone else forgot about it except for him. And it started turning into this idea. And next thing you know, he had written it and sold it to Playboy. And it was Spielberg's secretary who saw it in Playboy and gave it to Spielberg and was like, this is your next movie. Yeah. And Spielberg liked it because it reminded him of being bullied as a kid. The truck. Yes. yes. So there was a connection there. So he felt that was um, kind of worked, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's been interesting how the, how this developed. And again, we all, like I said, we've all kind of been there where we've had to kind of a, if you if you drive any length of time, you're going to have some kind of incident with another. I think driver. we've all had a truck come and, up behind us. And yeah, I mean, you know, or just crazy person cutting yeah. you off or chasing yeah. you down, or or, you or know, crazy something. person in a car. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's happened. Um, I think to probably everybody, like I said, if you drive enough. Um, one of the neat things is when it wasn't a thing, there's still like a couple of Easter eggs in this film. Yeah, the Jaws, the Jaws yeah. thing, which wasn't a Jaws thing, yeah. but the sound effect was yep. kind of a pre-Easter egg, yeah, or it was an Easter egg in Jaws, maybe back to this movie. But there was one thing. Uh, there's one scene which was unintentional. When he's in the phone booth, you can see Steven Spielberg's reflection. Yeah, in the phone booth, he yes, even said that I was not that, right intentional, that was just an accident. And then in the scene, there's a scene where where he's coming up and he sees a police car on the side of the road, so he's gonna pull over, thinking, "Oh my God, I'm saved." There's a cop, 
And then when he gets close, it's an exterminator card just to look like a Spielberg. Well, the company name is Spielberg written backwards. Yeah, it's like Gribblisp or something. Yeah, yeah it's Spielberg. Whatever it was, but it's yeah. Spielberg backwards. And then so we got some actor Easter eggs too, don't we? Well, you mean um, who are you referring to? That the fact the, the that he two old, so he stops an older car with an older couple, and he says, right. "Please call the cops, please, please, please." And she's like, "No, keep going." And they won't call the cops for him. You see them again in Close Encounters. They're in the yeah. helicopter. They have gas masks on their face in the helicopter, so they, they're harder to spot. But they are there. And the other actor he used again was the lady from the snake. Actually, he didn't just use the actor. He used the whole snake arama thing. Yeah, it was kind of the same again. thing from that. He used it in 1941. In the movie 1941. Yeah. It was same actor. We, we did that movie, did we? No, not? I don't think we did 1941. Maybe we should. We could if you wanted to. I love that movie. Do you know that they consider that the, the most uh, his biggest flop? Oh, 1941? Yeah, they do consider that Spielberg's biggest flop. And I, I saw it in the theater and I, I love that one. <laughs> Maybe we should do it. We can discuss that. Yeah. We can as one of the has one of I think it's one of John Williams' best soundtracks as far as the actual theme song for that. Oh, I think really? it's one of the best ones. It's very military, very John oh. Philip Souza-esque, but it just works. And I've always I've only seen it. Well, I've seen it not live, but the Air Force Band, I think, did did it. And, and I've talked to people that are in... Oh, in, Kent wants to do 1941. I, I've uh, I've talked to people who are like no music and, and no orchestral arrangements. And they said that would be very difficult to do with a very... You know, you'd need a full, full orchestra to do that properly. Yeah. Um, because it's very complicated. But it, it, it's... Yeah, it's one of my favorite. It's Christopher LaRoche... Crystal Rose, Marathon Man, scariest dentist scene ever. Scarier than the the dentist scene from Because uh, I'm a Dentist. Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, yeah, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, you know, Marathon. Have you ever seen Marathon Man? No. Oh, you got to see. You got to. Oh, play. no, another make me watch. It's okay, they write down 1941. Yeah, you've never seen 1941 either? Oh, my God, the list gets longer. Uh, these are right. Marquis. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to mention again. that uh, drew Spielberg to this story is there's no clear motive. There's no, no clear motive. We don't know why he just he's passes playing. him, and and it just starts. You know, yeah, and I starts. I suspect I suspect the guy was just looking for somebody to pick on, possibly. And Dennis Weaver was in the wrong place, at the wrong time, and he was his next victim. I think he really. My theory is he really was just a serial killer, and this is how he killed people in the middle of nowhere, drove him off the road. Nobody knows what happened to him. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's it. And this was his method of killing people. And there was a there was a real case a while back um, where these kids, the thugs really, were driving around with their high beams on on purpose. And anybody that flashed their high beams back at them to say, "Hey, your high beams are on," they would chase them down and like beat the crap out of them. Uh. So you know it was kind of a so then you know you're like you don't even want to flash you don't even want to honk at anybody now because you don't know how crazy they are. Crazy. Everybody's arm. That is crazy. <laughs> uh, where are you guys all watching tonight? Are you all on uh, Facebook or are you on the tube of oh, a lot of comments? A lot of the comments are coming in through Facebook. Bill, so, Bill's alone on Bill feels like he's all alone on Facebook. You're you're not alone. We're all here with you, Bill. No, we're um, all on Facebook. Let, let me talk about a couple of things that I that I was like, okay, wait, this is, doesn't work. One. We did not two things in particular. One, I don't know if you guys caught, if you remember at all, this running theme. It starts with the conversation on the radio as this movie opens of a guy calls in and he's like, I'm worried I'm not going to, if I don't put that I'm the head of the household. Yeah, yeah. It's during the sensor. And then later on when uh, Dennis Weaver stops to get gas or something, the, the mechanic looks under the hood and says, you need new new hoses, new radiator hoses or something. And Dennis Weaver's like, not this time. And the guy goes, you're the boss. And Dennis Weaver goes, not in my house. There's this running theme of him, I don't even know, not underdog, but just like I said. Well, I he was kind of, a, he was sure kind of a, a wuss, I think is how yeah, you put wuss. it earlier. Like I don't he was, know just, that he was clearly always dominated by somebody else. Yeah, he's being dominated by women, I guess. Yeah. Or just but was that general. really necessary? Probably not. Just a, an ordinary guy being terrorized by that truck is scary enough. You didn't need to make him the underdog. Well, I, think it, I think I think if you made him, if they made him out to be a tough guy, he might have confronted him. Well, more. no, he doesn't have to be a tough guy. Just ordinary, just a regular guy on a business. Just, yeah, I don't know. I guess that they're just Unless making the point why he was always running and afraid. 
I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. I think it just it just kind of fleshes out the character. A the other bit. thing, guys, and tell me if you had the same thought, Rizzo. There's a moment in the movie, getting on two thirds in ish, maybe three quarters, where things are just really going wrong and it's bad. He's in it up to here with this truck, and he's like, "Well, I'm not going to make that appointment because he's going on a business trip or something." He's like, "I'm not going to make that yeah, appointment." In my head, I'm like, "No, you're not. Stop. Turn around." Go home. Yeah, Just I mean, there, there was plenty of opportunities where he could have got away from the truck. Um, you know, I was thinking that myself. I'm like, you could have easily. There's plenty of pull-offs. You could have pull off. You hit hide. Let the truck go by and just go back the other way. Yeah. You know, until the day you, is shot. The day there was is a shot. lot of stuff he could have done. And then literally right after that line, there's the other part going too. In the same direction as the truck. He's what literally on the phone. Doing? Don't forget, he was literally on the phone with the police when he gets when he runs over the. Now you tell oh, me yeah, the police officer on the other end of that phone didn't hear the the, the air horn. He's like, "This truck driver's trying to kill me." Whack, clicking. Yeah. I mean, you think somebody would have invested? Oh, and then the woman, if course, she she had one phone, but you know, she may have gotten in her car and drove in someone and called. And this truck yeah, just messed up. Right, my right, exactly. Yeah, and it, 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 they could have figured out where he was because he gave the operator the phone number. Yeah, he knew. Yes, yeah, so they know where that exactly is. Exactly where the phone. That's the snake around us, so they yeah. can't be much farther past that. Right. Yeah, so I mean, there's it's not a perfect film. I mean, there's plenty of of of. Gaps it's still it's still a really well. excellent film. Um, but but that was like glaring at me. That whole okay, you're not going to make your appointment. Call it a day. Yeah, Call yeah. I think that day. was pretty much early on. He wasn't going to make it. He even says there's no way I'm I'm way late. Yeah, which is why he, he stops an awful lot like too. Pass the truck stops in the first. Place. Yeah, stops at the. <laughs> he just, you know. Yeah, he was like in a hurry to make the appointment, and then he starts. Yeah, the timing maybe is not. Oh, the timing! Spielberg did something really interesting and smart for this movie. Most movie directors have a, a storyboard. He had a map, like an actual. Yeah, they did it all. They did it all as an aerial type and, thing. Yeah, like an aerial of the road, and he points. Okay, and here's where the train situation, and here's where the bus situation, and here's where the snake arama is, and here's where he waves him on, and there's an oncoming car. Like, and yeah, he said it, it was brilliant and it worked just as well as a storyboard especially when we had a shoot out of order i was like that's yeah. clever yeah absolutely so um trying to think of what else we don't have any roads right in this because we didn't we didn't actually, we actually well, i mean we kind of did there's not much in the way of when it comes to um you know we, we kind of talked about the the actors you know um, what i gotta be honest i didn't do that really best known for mcleod yeah. Day. Um, and then you had uh, the other one is Lucille Benson, who is the, the snake lady who kind of, like you said, she shows up in 1941 and a whole bunch of stuff. She's one of those characters, actresses, always plays the same character part. Yeah. But you all recognize her, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's funny that, but if you look at her IMDb, she's got, she's been in a ton of stuff. Yes, she has. I'm actually just looking at the wife's IMDb. She's been in a bunch of stuff too. Oh, Jack and uh, Scott. Yes, yeah, not a small part. And like I said, that was an addition. That was after the fact. You know, it was that after was the, the fact. Original, yeah. um... This is that era, though. Nineteen seventy-one. A lot of these actors absolutely could have been on original series. I just we don't know if they were or not. Because yeah, the other thing you talk about the the, the radiator hose thing. What's I always call shenanigans on that because that car was essentially brand new. Yeah, it was. It only had like 5,000 miles. It only had like a few thousand miles on it. Even back then, a radiator hose wouldn't have gone. <laughs> Unless, but well, I mean, I mean it made like sense that the car, first of all, there's that whole scene. It's a little bit of suspension of disbelief because he's going up the hill. The car has blown its radiator hose. It's overheating. The oil light's on. It clearly has no, it would not have made it up that hill. It would have seized that engine so quickly in the in the desert you know heat and all that stuff yeah. So, yeah i was like yeah that car would have been junk it would not have been yeah. it would have been complete toast um but whatever it, it, it saw its demise in the end anyway with the truck which is kind of again i think kind of part of the story that the car you know didn't make it either the car was sacrificial yeah. he sacrificed the car sacrificed the to car save his life yeah. and kill the guy so but the car was pretty much trashed <laughs> So it was all, yeah. It was all well. It was all smashed up. Plus, I know that engine was junk. So yes, the small, very small uh, trivia about that final scene is the truck was on a. They put these vehicles on these things to make them go straight, and so the driver can bail lots earlier. And I don't know what happened, but that thing to pull the truck over 
failed. And so Carrie had to stay in the truck until the very last possible second. And then he jumped out and bailed because they only had one. Sh- they only had one chance. Spielberg set up seven cameras to capture this thing going over. Back in the days yeah. when they actually there were, there were more than one people. truck. Yes, they had multiple. They had multiple trucks. And there's but only one I think that survived. Yeah, one that survived. Yeah, there is one but that is still around. They only had one chance to put this thing over this hill yeah. cliff thing. And he, Spielberg set up seven cameras and he said it just worked out that the one camera, he goes, because you see it come over and you see all that dust. And then you see the body of the tank coming out kind of through the dust. Like you think it's almost over. And then the body of the tank starts coming this way. And it actually was a spectacular. Like that oh, whole thing. It was a good thing. crash. It was a good it crash. Back and in I the like day, the fact that. Nowadays they use miniatures and models or just CGI. Yeah, I mean, the Back guy. They yeah, actually it, put it a bloody thing, the way they did it, too, they made it believable because when he hits the car, it bursts into flames. It so does. Yeah. Fire and smoke. So he yes. can't see. So yes. he thinks he's just driving this thing into a. And then he, the last second he realized when the car drops over the edge, ah, shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you see him try to hit the, Although, the brakes. Effect, and everything, and it's but like, there's also no, the horn. He also bails on the yeah. horn. I'm like, blowing the horn's not going to help you. <laughs> no, it was just, that was just for. I don't know why he pulls that the horn. That was for effect to make it eh, like it's dying. Like it's it. angry. It's an angry truck. truck. That was the, the truck, truck screaming angry. as it went over the hill. That, that was, was the, the truck screaming. That was the Wilhelm scream for the truck. That was the truck's Wilhelm scream. Yeah. What an inglorious ending for that poor truck. Yeah. I mean, no, I think I think I think it was a good ending for the truck. I like the, the kind of I love the fact you that know it what? Just lays there. I'm okay and, that it didn't blow up. The blood and the blood. I'm okay that it didn't. I would have been okay if it did blow up, but I love the you know he's dead or at least dying when you see the blood dripping off the, blood, the yeah. steering wheel and you okay, you're like he's yeah. dead. Um, and then you know what I also thought about is you remember in uh 52577, young Patrick Reed makes another duel. <laughs> What yeah, yeah, that was it. Well, there was I a thing. Thinking there about was it, like, what was your premise? And, and we, saw, we saw lots of references <laughs> to Joel in that movie. In we did. Movie. Yeah, so I'm like, yes, you're right. We did the truck sitting in the in the. Yeah, it was in the. the yeah, the yeah, no, that was the truck. Right. And then Spielberg was, sitting. Spielberg, the Spielberg character sitting in you know, the truck. Yeah. So now I've I've got to know Patrick Reed Johnson. What was your premise? Like, what was? Because it was a Spielberg. Because again, it was all that. You know, I think because. It was all things that he grew up watching, you know, and, and that it impacted his, <laughs> his 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 drive to make movies. Was that yes. film was a really good film? It was. Like I said, I, we would not have been talking. We won't be talking about it today. No, 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 hadn't made it fifty something years ago. Yeah, years fifty ago. years ago. I can definitely see that having impact on young, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old boys back then, especially yeah. ones who were just starting to drive. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Uh, Kent thinks that your Wilhelm scream was pathetic. Well, Kent, you're pathetic, so that's okay. <sighs> all right. Let's all, want, all of us. You don't want to tilt with me, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look at my notes. Any other little things if that I my, wanted? If that's my to... biggest weakness, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> I can't do a Wilhelm scream properly. Next time, next time, Kent, you could you come on the show. We're going to have, we'll have you do yours and see if it's better yeah everyone start practicing now we're gonna have a wilhelm scream off wilhelm scream contest there you go there's the next trek on have that as an event <laughs> this some people have actually declared up my hair like somehow he has a ton of it himself <laughs> moving on moving some on. people have declared hey, he started this. it he started it this yeah time. he started it the best TV movie of all time. I don't know, man. What do you guys think? It's probably one of the better ones. I can't. Think, I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. I'm not saying there aren't other good ones, but they certainly haven't had the longevity that this one has. Had. I'm trying to think. Like, I can think of miniseries, but not movies. The movies are so forgettable for the most part. You know what? This might actually be the best American TV movie made for a TV movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, somebody could argue that. I try to, I'm trying to TV figure something. Movie? Made for TV? Maybe those ones that like Roy reviews, those kind of scary ones. Um, There's probably been some good ones. Whether they're better than this, I don't know. Those weren't that good. This was good. Like, this actually had like structure and 
Well, it still works because Tension, you're sitting there watching. This is a psychological thriller. Yeah, because it still works. You're still kind of, even though I've seen this how many times, I know how it ends. Yeah, you're but still you're still like, like you see the truck like, come around the corner and he's like, oh, you could just see the off. Yeah. This guy's crazy. Yeah. You know, so I, I totally think it, it still holds up, even though it's dated in the sense of the type of cars and, and of course, the whole. It's, it's dated in, as far as the Plymouth. But you know what? Honest to God, if I saw that truck, that 1955 Peterbilt come up behind me, even to this day, I'd move the heck over. Yeah, I mean, he picked that truck specifically. He had a several trucks that he was trying to choose from. He picked that truck because it kind of looks like a face. Yeah. So he oh, picked and supposedly, that. Under the license plates, there were supposedly two railroad rail not ties, not the wood part, the metal railroad. Rail. The rail. 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 Thank you. <laughs> there's supposedly two rails. I never noticed. I guess I could pull up a picture of the truck right now and look. I didn't really specifically notice. Well, that's the thing is you could see like the, the, the seems like when he's trying to push the bus, you know, and it's like you could never do that with a car today. It would just crush. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, can you cars were, like say they were built like tanks because they didn't have all the safety. Because cars today steel, are designed they were steel boats back then. You were yeah, surrounded I mean, by steel. Your yeah, that was, was that the side of your safe. living room that wasn't really safe because that just transferred all the energy to you instead of the car. So now the cars crumple on purpose to absorb the energy of the impact so that you don't so absorb you don't. the energy. So that's why you'd never, that's why you don't have those kind of bumpers. I'm a night stalker. Um, that's right, Chris. I, and I'm grateful for that, but yeah, to this day, if a Peterbilt comes up in my rear view, <laughs> just now I know 19, now I know. 19 remember, remember, even if you're, you have the right of way, they have the right of weight. They have the right of they take way longer because, to stop. Because you could argue that you have the, the right, but they're gonna you'll still be dead. There's so. no stopping short. If you're in front of a truck, for the love of God, don't stop. Well, and, and, and don't do that to even because they have a lot more to like talking for somebody who tows heavy trailers. Yeah, it, it you don't stop on a dime. No, you don't stop on a dime. <laughs> so so now I got 55 Peterbilt in my head, and I still remember 1948 Peterbilt screamed live, and there's a it's a lyric, a song lyric. 1948 Peterbilt screamed live. Bonus points if you know what song I'm talking about. I have no idea what song you're talking about. It's a great song. It's a very 70s. It's a very very 70s song. Okay, what is it? I give up. Oh, you guys watch. I want to see if anybody in the in the audience. Knows. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I, I uh, hang on. Think of, of a 1948 people screamed alive. Yeah, we woke up the chicken. Well, while they're while they're doing that, what is uh, what is it? No, Chris, the roach. No, no, no. It's not cowboy, Chris. It's the other one. You're on the right. You're on the right. Keep going, Chris. It's the, you're on the right track, but it's not convoy. Keep going. Bound and down. Nope. <laughs> nope. I don't know. Chris, I know, I, I absolutely know that Chris will figure it out. Okay. Let me give some more lyrics. Yeah, I don't know. No one, Convoy is the only one I would have thought it would have been. All right, Chris LaRoche, you ready? We were sitting there sucking toothpicks, drinking knee-highs and onion soup mix, and I says, Earl, let's mail a card to mother and send them chickens on down the other side. Yeah, let's give them a ride. Go, Chris. Not you know not it. All green you know teeth. the song. Not the green yeah. teeth one, is it? Nope, it's not Convoy, you guys. No, the green teeth, you know, when I nope, kicked the old green, green teeth right in the mouth. Nope, not that no. one. Well, Earl put down his bottle, mashed his foot down on the throttle, and then a couple of boobs and a thousand cubes in 1948 Peterbilt screamed alive. Yeah, we woke up the chickens. Oh, uh, no. You guys, you got this. You got Rod this. Lincoln. This is one of those 1970 songs that not was on the damn radio all not the time. Not Rod Lincoln. Well, what was it? We rode up off of that shoulder spring, pine cones, rocks, and boulders, and put 400 head of them Rhode Island Reds and a couple of burned out roosters on the line. Look out below, because here we go. Come on, you guys, you know this. I know you know this. I'll tell you in a minute. I give up. I'm going to be like, I never heard that song. Yeah, you are. You're while, they're, while they're thinking, what is what is what is Phil and Roy got going? I don't know. Phil, I shot him a message this morning. Phil, you didn't answer me. And Roy is going to talk to Mike and Denise Okuda. I don't I know what about Picard. And about Picard, probably. Okay. So next week, I think, since this was Spielberg's first film, we decided we were going to try something and we we're going to do 
George Lucas's first film, which was THX one one three eight, which yes. was really the first film, and we're doing the Robert Duvall version. Yes, not sure. not his college version of it. So, uh, although it really wasn't his first film, it's certainly one of his early films. So, um, oh, Chris, Chris, I know you can figure out this song. I know yeah. you can. Well, we commenced the trucking, and them hands commenced the clucking, and Earl took out a match, scratched his pants, and lit up this unused half of a dollar cigar and took a puff. Said, my, ain't it pretty up here? It says, Earl, this hill can spill us. You better slow down. You're going to kill us. Just make one mistake, and it's the pearly gates, and 85 crates of USDA-approved okay. cluckers. You want to hit second? And then the refrain, which is the name of the song. Okay, I, I'm done with this line of conversation. <laughs> Just tell me what it is so you can stop singing it. Oh, it gets better. They go down. Time to wrap it up, and I'm, we're just nobody's getting it. So, what is the song? Wolf Creek Pass. Never heard Come of on, it, you guys. This is by. I've never um, heard of Wolf Creek Pass I in my know. life. I knew this is going to be. C.W. McCall. Nope. Sorry, drawing a blank. Maybe if I heard it, I'd recognize it. So, okay. So, moving on. There you go. Hope y'all happy with that. Whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you'll have to sing it better. Uh, there is no singing. It's almost. It's there's no singing. It's almost spoken word. So I've never heard of it either. So it's okay. It wasn't so popular as you thought it was. <laughs> Chris Rose. I know. I know. Chris would have figured it out. So okay, guys. Uh, on that note, we're going to say good night. We'll see you next week. Let yes. us know. We never really got any feedback whether you guys liked the Star Trek New Did World. Did you all mute it? You all muted it, right? Because none of you okay. wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen. I know. I can't believe ever. Maybe I think most of us have watched it by now. But well, we're gonna. We give still. you almost a week to watch it. So um, yeah. So anyway, you could always just add to the chat. We still see stuff after the fact. So. On that note, and on the singing debut of Mary Beth. Um, oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. We will say good night. Live long and prosper. We'll see you. Stay safe. Bye. Good night, guys. <laughs>